0: chapter twenty two of trail's end by george w ogden this librivox recording is in the public domain whiners at the funeral joe lynch the bone man stopped at the well in the public square to pour water on his wagon tires a man was pestered clean out of his senses by his tires coming off his fellows shrinking up like a fried bacon rind in that dry weather Joe said. It beat his time, that drought. He had been through some hot and dry spells in the Arkansas Valley, but never one as dry and hot as this. He told Morgan this as he poured water slowly on his wheels to swell the wood and tighten the tires there at the town well in the mid-morning of that summer day. It was so hot already, the ceaseless day wind blowing as if it trailed across a fire that one felt shivers of heat go over the skin, so hot that the heat was bitter to taste and shade was only an aggravation. This was almost a week after Morgan's forceful assertion of the law's supremacy in Ascalon, when Peden and his assassins fell in their insolence. It seemed that day as if Ascalon itself had fallen with Peden, and the blood of life had drained out of its body. There was a quietude over it, that seemed the peace of death. "'I never thought the day I hauled you into this town,' said Joe, his high, rasping voice harmonizing well with his surroundings, like a katie did on a dead limb. "'You'd be the man to put the kibosh on him and close him up like you'd done. I never saw the bottom drop out of no place as quick as it fell out of this town, and I've saw a good many go up in my day. The last of them gamblers pulled out a couple of days ago i hauled his trunk over to the depot he went a cussin', and he pulled the hole in after him i guess on all the high kickin' this town'll ever do well i ain't a-carin i've been waiting my time you were wiser than some of them you knew it would come morgan said glad to meet this bone-gathering philosopher in the desert he had made of ascalon and stand talking with him foot on his hub in friendly way not so much bones said joe reflectively as if he had weighed the possibilities long ago and now found them coming out according to calculation as bottles thousands of bottles every boy in this town's out picking up bottles for me i reckon i'll have a couple of carloads of nothing but bottles oh there'll be some bones but the skeleton of this town is bottles that's why i tell him it'll never pick up no more you got to build a town on something solider than a bottle if you wanted to stand up i believe you morgan said you've worked yourself out of a job there won't no more need a marshal here than they will a fishnet morgan shook his head got out his pipe struck a match on the bleached forehead of a buffalo skull in joe's wagon no i'm leaving town in a week or two when i make sure it is dead and they'll never come back and start the games again they never will said Joe shaking a positive head. Peden was the guts of this town. It can't never be what it was without him. So you're going to leave the country, are you? Yes. Give up that fool notion you had about raising wheat out here on this prairie, huh? Gave it up, Morgan replied, nodding in his solemn, expressive way. Well, you got some sense hammered into you, anyhow. I told you right at the jump. Any man that thought he could farm in this here country should be bored for the simples. Look at that range. Look at them cattle that's a droppin' dead of starvation and want of water all over it. Look at them cattlemen shipping out thousands of head that ain't ready for the market all along this railroad every day. This range will be bare of stock by fall, I tell you, as the palm of my hands bare of hairs. Bones? I'll have more bones to pick up than ever was in this country before. Ascalon ain't all that's dead. The whole range has gone up. This'll clean them all out. It's the hottest summer and the longest dry spell that ever was. It couldn't be much worse. Worse? Joe looked up from his pouring in his reprovingly surprised way, stopping his dribbling stream on the wagon wheel. You hang around here a month longer and see what worse is. I'm going to begin picking up bones over on Stilwell's range in about a week, on giving them wolves and buzzards time to clean them up a little better. About then you'll see the cattlemen begin to fight for range along the river, where the stock can eat the leaves off the bushes, and find a bunch of blue stem once in a while that ain't frizzled and burnt up. You'll begin to see the wolf side of some of these fellows in this country, then joe rumbled onto the car that he was loading his tires being tight enough to hold him that far morgan sauntered down the shady side of the street meeting few getting what ease he could out of life with his pipe he put off his cowboy dress only that morning feeling it out of place in the uneventful quiet of the town he had not carried his rifle since the night of his battle in peden's hall today he was beginning to consider leaving off his revolver a pocket knife for whittling would be all the armament a man would need in ascalon from that time forward earl gray was leaning on one long leg in the door of his drug store, oil on his fluffy brown hair he was melancholy and downcast plainly resentful in his bearing toward morgan as the contriver of this business stagnation he swept his hand around the emptiness of the town as Morgan drew near giving voice to his contemplation Look at it not a dime's been spent around this square this morning I ain't sold but one box of pills in two days if it wasn't for the little trade in tobacco and cigars of a night when the cowboys come in I'd have to lock up and leave I will anyhow I can see it a comin Morgan leaned against a building close by the door the indolence of the day over him there was nothing to do but hear the dying town's complaint he was not a doctor he had nothing to prescribe he realized that the merchants had been hit hard by this sudden paralysis it would not have been so much like disaster if the town had been left to die in its own way as time and change would have attended to more slowly morgan could not tell druggist gray whose trade in pills had come to a standstill he could not tell the hardware merchant whose traffic in firearms and ammunition had fallen away he could not explain to the proprietor of the santa fe cafe or any of the other merchants of the town who had come to regret their one spasm of virtue induced by fear that he had not considered either their prosperity or their loss when he closed up the saloons and gambling houses And drove the proscribed of the law away. They were squealing now, exactly as he had known they would squeal in spite of their assurance before the event. Let them squeal, let them stagnate, let the dust settle on their wares that no man came to buy. For the security of somebody's sleep, for the tranquillity of somebody's dreams, for the peace of two brown eyes, for the safety of a short little white hand. Strong and comforting just to see. For these, for these alone, he had closed up the riotous places and swept away like a purging fire the chafe and pestilence of Ascalon. He could not tell them this, even her, he could not tell. Earl Grey, giving off perfume to the hot winds, was pursuing his complaint. The undertaker's packing up the leave, going to ship his stock today. I wish I could go with him but a man's got to have a place to light before he starts out with a drug stock. "'I don't suppose anybody's sorry to see him go,' Morgan said. "'I think it's a good sign.' "'They'll bury each other, as I told him, and they'll drug each other with mullein tea, as I told him the other day,' Gray said acrimoniously. "'Yes, and they'll be eating each other before spring. I'd like to know what they're going to live on, the few that's left in this town.' A little cowpunchin', a little clerkin' in the courthouse, and getting jury and witness fees—that won't keep no town alive. Judge Thayer's got a big colonization project going that looks good. He says, if he puts it through, things will begin to pick up. Them Mennonites—I guess—they ain't the kind of people a man wants to see come in here, whiskers all over 'em. Never sell 'em a cake of shaving soap or a razor for Christmas to Doomsday them fellers don't shave they never shave they grow up from the cradle with whiskers all over em they'll need horse liniment and stuff like that they might be a livin here for a drug store if settlers begun to come in gray admitted picking up a little hope they say this sod gives off of fevers and chills when it's broke up something poison in it tom conboy was on the sidewalk before his door casting his eyes up and down the street as if on the lookout for somebody that owed him a bill he was in bed when morgan left the hotel on his early round and there was a look about him still of fustiness and the cobwebs of sleep if a man was to take a sack of meal and empty it and spread the sack down flat he'd have something like this man's town's got to be conboy complained dead not a breath left in it I saw a couple of buzzards sailing around over the square a while ago. I've been looking to see them light on the courthouse tower. It's a little quiet, but they all say it will begin to pick up in a day or two, Morgan prevaricated, with a view to reeling him out, having no other diversion. I don't know what it's going to pick up on, Conboy sighed. Two for breakfast outside of the regulars. I used to have twenty to thirty-five up to a week ago court will convene next month morgan reminded him by way of cheer it'll bring a few conboy allowed not many and all of them big eaters you don't make anything off a man that rides thirty or forty miles before breakfast when you sit him down to a twenty-five cent meal morgan said he was not a hotel man but it seemed pretty plain even to him that there could be no wide border of profit in any such transaction no it was those night-working men dealers bartenders and that crowd that were the light and profitable eaters a man that drinks heavy all night don't get up with a thirty-mile appetite in him the next day well they're gone they'll never come back to this man's town you were one of the men that wanted the town cleaned up no niggers in ireland now morgan no niggers in ireland conboy made a warning of his peculiar expression as if he halted morgan on ground that was dangerous to advance over as far as another word it was impressive almost threatening given in his deep voice with grave eye and face suddenly stern but morgan knew that it was all on the outside cowboys don't any more hit the ground here till they hop on their horses and leave Convoy continued nothing to entertain them No interest for a live man in a dead town, where the only drink he can get is out of a well. There were just three horses tied along the square last night, where there used to be fifty or a hundred. I'll have to leave this man's town. I can't stand the pressure. A man with a little nerve ought to swallow his present losses for his future gains, Morgan said, beginning to grow tired of this whining. If I could see any future gains coming my way, "'I'd gamble on them with any man,' Conboy returned with some spirit. "'I'm going over to Glenmore this afternoon and see what it looks like there. "'That's the coming town, it seems to me. "'Good crops over there in the valley. "'No cattle starving. "'They may bend the railroad around to touch that town, too. "'They're talking of it. "'That's sure to happen if Glenmore wins the county seat this fall. "'Then you'll see skids put under every house in this town and moved over there. will be a name some of us old-timers will remember twenty years from now and that's all if judge thayer and the railroad colonization agent put through a big deal they've got going i don't see why this town shouldn't pick up again on a healthy business foundation morgan said them pennsylvania dutch conboy scoffed they're not the kind of people that ever stay in a hotel they carry their blankets with them. And flop down under their wagons like Indians. When they come to town, they bring a basket of grub along. They don't spend money for a meal in any man's hotel. You put Pennsylvania Dutch into this country, and there'll never be another coroner's jury called. Morgan knocked the ashes out of his short clubby little pipe, put it in his shirt pocket behind his badge, and went on. He paused at the door of the headlight office to look within, hoping to see a face that had been missing since the night of his great tragedy. Only Riley Caldwell, the printer, was there, working furiously, as if fired by an ambition that Ascalon, dead or alive, could not much longer contain. The droop-shouldered alpaca coat, once worn by the editor, now dead, hung beside the desk like the hull he had cast when he took flight away from the troubles of his much-harassed life. Only the day before, just there, had told Morgan that Rita was still at Stillwell's ranch, whither she had gone to compose herself after the strain of so much turmoil. Morgan could only feel that she had gone there to avoid him, shrinking from the sight of his face. There was not much warmth in Morgan's reception by the businessmen of Ascalon around the square that morning, hot as the weather was. It seemed as if some messenger had gone before him crying is coming, as a jay-bird goes, setting up an alarm from tree to tree before the squirrel hunter in the woods. Earnest, as their solicitations had been for him to assume the office of Marshal, voluble as their protestations, in the face of fear and insecurity of life and property, that they would accept the result without a whimper, there were only a few who stood by their pledge like men. These were the merchants of soldier character whose dealings were with the cattlemen and homesteaders the hope of these merchants was in the coming of more homesteaders according to judge thayer's dream they were the true patriots and pioneers while these few commended morgan's stringent application of the letter and spirit of the state and town laws their encouragement was only a flickering candle in the general gloom of the place morgan knew the grunters were saying behind his back that he had gone too far farther than their expectations or instructions all they had expected of him was that he knock off the raw edges suppress the too evident abate the promiscuous banging a round of guns by every bunch of cowboys that arrived or left and to cut down a little on the killing at least confine it to the unprofitable class they admitted they didn't want the cowboys killed off the way craddock had been doing it giving the town a bad name. But to shut the saloons all up, to go and shoot Pitten down that way and kill the town with him, that was more than they had given him license for. So they growled behind his back, afraid of him, as they feared lightning without any ground for such fear in the world. Judge there appeared to be the only man in town who was genuinely happy over the results of Morgan sweeping out the encumbering rubbish That blocked the country's progress by its noisome notoriety. But through all the judge's glow of gratitude for duty well done, Morgan was conscious of a peculiar aloofness, not exactly fear, such as was unmistakable in many others, but a withdrawing, as if something had fallen between them and changed their relations man to man. Morgan knew that it was the blood of slain men. He was to this man. And to another a far greater consequence to Morgan's peace and happiness like a pitcher that had been defiled. Judge Thayer's friendliness was unabated, but it was the sort of friendliness that did not offer the hand or touch the arm when walking by Morgan's side, as in the early hours of their acquaintance. Useful this man to work that must be done in this place to make it fit, and safe and secure for property and life, but unclean that was what judge thayer's attitude proclaimed as plainly as printed words this morning when judge thayer encountered morgan on the street not far from the little katapa tree that was having a bitter struggle against wind and drought he invited the city marshal to accompany him to his office news that was tickle his ears he said big news the biggest of this big news was that the railroad company was going to establish a division point there at once the railroad officials had given judge thayer to understand directly that this decision had come as a result of the town waking up and shedding its leprous skin they felt that it would be a safe place for their employees to live now with the pitfalls closed the temptations removed and the credit judge thayer owned was morgan's alone but there was more news The Eastern Immigration Agents of the Railroad were spreading the news of Ascalon's pacification with gratifying results. Already parties of Illinois and Indiana farmers who had been looking to that country for a good while were preparing to come out and scout for locations. They're getting tired of farming that high-priced land, Morgan. They're wearing it out. It costs them more for fertilizers than they take off of it. They're coming here where a man can plow a furrow forty miles long we tell them and it's the gospel truth a hundred miles or two hundred if he wanted to and never hit a stump judge Thayer got up at that point and stood in his door looking at the dull sky sullen with heat looking at the glimmer that rose like impalpable smoke from the hard surface of the cracked baked earth but i wish we could get a good rain before they begin to come he sighed and i think cautiously with a sly wink at morgan we're going to get it i've got a man here right now working on it along scientific principles morgan entirely scientific a rainmaker said morgan his incredulity plain in his tone he came to me highly recommended by bankers and others in nebraska where he undoubtedly brought rain and in texas where the proof is indisputable. But I'm doing it solely on my own account, Judge Thayer hastened to explain, carrying the cost alone. He's under contract to bring a copious rain not later than seven days from today. What's the bill? Morgan asked, amused by this man's eager credulity. One hundred dollars on account, four hundred to be paid the day he delivers the rain, provided that he delivers it within the specified time i've bound him up in a contract i think he'll win said morgan dryly looking meaningly at the murky sky it's founded on science pure science morgan judge thayer declared warmly i'm telling you this in confidence not another soul in town knows it outside of my own family we'll keep it a pleasant secret i want to give the farmers and cattlemen of this valley the present of surprise When the proper time comes, I'll announce the responsible agency. I'll show that crowd over at Glenmore where the progressive people of this county live. I'll prove to the doubters and knockers where the county seat belongs. It's a great scheme, Morgan admitted. How does the weather doctor work? Chemicals, Judge Sarah whispered mysteriously, sends up vapors day and night, invisible, mainly but potent causing as near as i can come to it from his explanation which is technical and thoroughly scientific morgan this severely as if to rebuke the grin that dawned on morgan's face causing as near as i can come to it a dispersion of a hot belt of atmosphere this superheated belt that encircles the globe in this spot like a flame of fire causing a break in this belt so to speak drilling a hole in it bringing down the upper, frigid air. Judge Thayer looked with triumph at Morgan when he delivered this, sweating a great deal, as if the effort to elucidate the scientific man's methods of conspiring against nature, to beat it out of a rain, were equal to a ten-mile walk in the summer sun. Yes, sir, said Morgan, with more respect in his voice and manner than he felt. And then what happens? Why when the cold and hot currents meet? condensation is the natural result said the judge plain simple scientific as a fiddle just about said morgan judge thayer passed it either ignoring it as a fling beneath the notice of a scientific man or not catching the note of ridicule he's at work in my garden now he said sending up his invisible vapors i want to center the downpour from the heavens over this god-favored spot Right over this god favored spot of Ascalon. End of chapter twenty two.